Introducing the Monte Cristo Cinquenta JR 50th. Celebrate our anniversary with this luxurious cigar now offered in the iconic Monte Cristo torpedo size. Only limited quantities are available, so celebrate 50 years of excellence with us right now only at jrcigars.com. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Boom, here we are, Jordan. This is episode 287 of Smoke Night Live. I'm your host. You can refer to me as Master Sensei if you'd like. Or Eric. That's another term you could use for me. Jordan. Jordan, our trusty producer. Or How are you, uh, Dad, Jordan? Dad, as I <laughs> call you. <laughs> There's another <laughs> term. We've got a studio audience tonight. Jordan, who's in the studio audience? We've got Matt. We've got Quinn. We've got Emmett from Blind Man's Puff hanging out Boys. in the studio. Emmett was kind enough, Jordan, to bring us um, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. Double Oak. So that's that's what I. That's what I'm drinking tonight. Very very nice. Uh, hey, big night on the dojo, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, two new products hit uh, the shelves tonight at about 4 p.m. Mountain Time, and I gotta say. It's flying fast. In fact, uh, well, let me just let me just show you these. First of all, the new military green dojo shirt. I'm going to show you this shirt. Now, here's the cool thing about the shirt. First of all, uh, I know all of you guys are used to our shirts being super super soft and comfortable to wear. This one is even a better comfortabler er how do you say that more comfortable comfort this is this is the top of the line uh shirt so it's in like military green um it's got the big it's got the big sort of full full poster frontal artwork. poster uh sort of like we did with the um the sort of like we did with the grunge one and as always these are sourced out of Nicaragua and so we try to support uh, the citizens of uh, Nicaragua. This is the same so, same kind of feel as the red shirt. Yeah, if you ha- if you got that the, is the most comfortable one. If you got the red well, shirt back in the day, it's the same sourced shirt as the red one, which is is my favorite feel when I put it on. This is what it looks like on a, a more attractive person. Uh, yeah, more attractive than than I. Now that that dude's got you know he's probably got a six pack. I've got just a keg you know right there, but he's got like six pack. I've got a keg. Either way. You're going to love this shirt. When you put it on, it feels like it's the best shirt you ever put on in your life. But that isn't all, Jordan, uh, because also hitting tonight, right here, baby. Finally, fi- we oh, did it. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, these. The, let me open this up for you guys. This actually is Emmett's, but he was kind enough to loan it to me for the uh, show tonight. The brand new uh, Zykar... Uh, Dojo Cutter. So uh, check this bad boy out. Teardrop action. It is a beautiful thing. It's a punk rock looking, just iconic cutter. And I can already tell you that uh, these are two thir- over two-thirds of the way sold out already, which was shocking to me. They, they, they're going ridiculously fast. 
So you want to snag one tonight if you can, because they're probably going to be gone by tomorrow. Um, super cool. The new Dojo Cutter. Uh, make sure to grab one at CigarDojo.com at the shop there. In fact, I, if I were you, I'm just saying, save a little on shipping, get the green shirt, get the cutter, boom. Get a couple of rocks glasses. All in Come one. On. Yeah, you can, get the, you can get the rocks glass if you want. Everything's in stock right now. By the way, the yellow shirts are back in stock as well. So if you're a fan of the spring-looking, I, I sort of I sort of think that those look like a gym shirt. Like it's like a, a peachy folder, you know, like it's old-school vintage yellow shirt. Those play are some dodgeball in those bad boys. Play some dodgeball. Uh, those are back in stock as well, every single uh, size. Jordan, what happened the other night on Flavor Odyssey? We got to talk just real quick. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Doggy Coin. Well, I, I can talk about that as well. But uh, the other night on Flavor Odyssey, uh, somewhere during the show, I I said something like, uh, click like on this show. That's all I said. I oh, just, I thought you were going to be making fun of me. No, no, no. I typed, okay. I just typed like, click like on this show. And all of a sudden, it just started exploding. And there was, by the end of the show, there was like 12,500 likes on the show. I still don't exactly know what happened, but it was hilarious. And uh, I think we set some sort of. It's got to be a record. I think we set some sort of record for an hour long show. I think we're already cruising on a similar trajectory. (laughs) Here we go again. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to break anybody's thumbs or anything, but. I would hate to have Smoke Night Live, you know, come in second to Robbie and Randy. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just saying, uh, you know, click like. Please share this show um, on your timeline. That really helps us. And, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, that that also helps. As well as if you're a, uh audio listener, Spotify, you know, Apple, Anywhere you iTunes, iHeartRadio, all of those, all of the places, Google, Five stars only, though. You know, you know, yeah, give us a rating. All that kind of stuff helps. Speaking of doggy coin, which is how I say it. I don't say doge coin. That's lame. I say dog e coin. We going to the moon. It's an e coin. So the other day, I, the other day, like a dummy, you know, I, everybody knows, like, I'm just a novice guy. I, I'm not a stock market Dude. guy. I don't study the stock market. I don't do any of that. And so, you know. I was excited because I bought Doggy Coin at like four cents, and it it went up to twenty seven cents at the time. Now no, yesterday it was like I know every hour. I'm just saying that when I made my post on Facebook about Doggy oh. Coin at twenty seven cents, I was all excited. I was like, "Wow, like you know, I've made a nice little chunk of change on this." And what I didn't realize, Jordan, is People there's are rude. there's another sort of human out there. There's there's <laughs> another breed of person out there. That is, for Haters. some reason, they're like anti doggy coin for some reason, and they started making fun of me and like literally, like actually making posts on their own timeline about how stupid it is to brag about <laughs> about making money with doggy coin. And I'm like, guys, like, what? Why do you care that I'm making? Oh, it's just, I'm so much smarter than you. I know all about the stock market. I, I've been investing. You know, it, it reminded me of this. It, this is this is the way these people are. It's as if I said, Jordan, look at this beautiful flower. It's blossoming in my yard. It's so pretty. Come over and look at this beautiful flower in my yard. And these guys would be like, 
dude, don't you know, like, in three days from now, that flower's going to be dead. It's going to be drooping. I don't care. <laughs> it, but right now. But this, it's really cool right now. Right Look now, at it. it's beautiful flower, and <laughs> I'm really excited about it. And um, if I sold this flower right now, I'm going to make a lot of money. Uh, you know, like, it's... <laughs> I don't. Does it really matter? Like, I don't think the metaphor goes there. Huh? Does it matter how I I I made a bunch of money? What you're you're like, uh, you know what it really boils down to is uh, these are the type of guys that have like spent their entire life like studying the stock market and they know all about the stock market and they know all the ins and outs and they, it just drives them crazy that a knucklehead like me, you know, comes on and did some stupid thing three months ago <laughs> and bought a whole bunch of doggy coin and now I, I made some money and the, it just frustrates them that because because I'm just you know I just a dude I think that's really what it is it like threatens their their knowledge of yes. you know the stock market and like oh you can't you can't be making money you don't even know what you're doing anyways um, you guys who are these guys I'm gonna I'm relax ticked off. people relax. Just enjoy the ride. Life is a long, long journey. Just enjoy it, and and don't freak out about the stupidest things. That's all I'm How saying. How many times do guys say that same thing about Apple over the years? Or Bitcoin, you know? I mean, people mocked Bitcoin for years, and now it's worth $62,000 per coin. So there you go. I'm not saying Doggy Coin's going to do that, <laughs> but <laughs> it did go up 10 times the, the amount, and... When I woke up, was it this morning? I can't even remember now. When I woke up this morning, it was 47 cents. And it was crazy. That's a lot of cents. When it is. That's it's, nonsense. It turns out that that adds up to quite a bit. Hey, congratulations to uh, Jesse Flores. He got uh, hired by uh, Mabacho. They're making some moves. Uh, Jesse Flores, good guy. The uh, Mabacho saga continues. Used to hang out with him at uh, the Jewish State Factory a lot and just announced today that he got... Hired as the creative director uh, with Mombacho. And they just recently hired uh, Indiana Ortiz also. So they're making some moves. Good for them. Hope that it works out. Huge show tonight. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this show for the longest time. Uh, me and this guest, you know, both of our schedules never quite matched up until tonight. And he's one of truly the nicest guys in the entire industry. And I'm really excited to interview him tonight because it's an intriguing topic. And um, uh, so we're going to get into Cigar Snob Magazine with none other than our good friend Eric Calvino, the owner and operator of Cigar Snob Magazine. Welcome to Smoke Night Live, my friend. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Wow. Um, uh, as I said on Twitter a moment ago, I am honored to, to be on your show. Wow. And uh, congrats on, what is it, 287? Is that what you said? 287, yeah, 287. God, man, that's awesome. So we're going to try, for those watching and keeping score at home, we're going to try, Jordan and Eric, to make our 300th episode the night of the dojo party at Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. Now, Sweet. we have what, like 287, that means we have... Uh, what about uh, twelve shows to go? Thirteen. Thirteen. Thirteen or shows to go. I mean, counting tonight, that's so. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know how that's going to work. We might have to do some like uh, pseudo Pump. shows. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really a show. That wasn't really a show. But anyways, we're going to try to make the big, big show the Thursday before Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, which is our big party. And if you're thinking about going to Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. 
We're going to get a room block for all of you guys that are flying in. I know a lot of folks fly in just for the dojo party, so I will have some information about that shortly, uh, within the next maybe three weeks or so. So don't make any hotel reservations just yet. Um, so I will get you guys a deal on uh, some hotel rooms. All right, so Eric Calvino, the owner-operator of Cigar Snob Magazine, that is our topic tonight. Uh, I'm not sure. I think, I think Eric, we've maybe we've had one other guy from a magazine in the entire 287 um, run of this show. So you're sort of like the second uh, uh, publisher, uh, print publisher that we've ever had on. And I got to say, Eric, I'm just going to throw this out there. Cigar Snob Magazine is the only magazine that I personally subscribe to that I pay, oh. I pay my own money I, because I love the magazine. I just got to tell you, I am a huge fan of Cigar Snob Magazine. Thank you, man. I can't. I can't thank you enough for that. You know that we would have sent it to you. <laughs> I know so you would. have. I appreciate that. Uh, we work our tails off on that thing, so uh, I, I'm glad that you like it. So, uh, and shout out to Terrence real quick. I saw his uh, his comment on the. He said, "Eric with a K is great. Eric with a C, just okay." <laughs> well, it's funny. Right. It's funny because usually when we get together, we get together. It's usually like me. And Eric, and then Eric Espinoza, and I'm always trying to t tell everybody that, you know, me and me and Eric Calvino, we're the two best looking, you know, Eric's mm. Eric's in the industry. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, no doubt, no doubt about it. <laughs> Eric Eric does uh, make this for us, so. And that was your number one cigar of the year. Yeah, freaking outstanding cigar. It I mean, it crushed last year for us. It is a great cigar. We'll talk. Phenomenal. About, we're going to talk a lot about uh, your uh, cigar of the year, uh, how you prepare for it, and all that. But let's let's rewind the tape. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's the way back. Let's go in the way back machine. Talk about Eric Calvino prior to Cigar Snob Magazine. What were you doing before you started the magazine? So I was uh, I was a programmer. I uh, I was a database programmer as a consultant. Most in the in the big investment banking world uh, working in New York and and uh, and then I moved back to Miami where I grew up and started to have a family and, and I didn't want to keep that travel up so I started to think of different ways to you know to make money without having to leave the house and that's when I launched cigar snob uh, we didn't like or I, I should say I didn't like the the other magazines in the in the space and I, I thought they were they they missed the mark. Uh, I, I think cigars are, are a product that we can all enjoy. We don't have to be a gazillionaire to enjoy it. We don't have to be a, an elite uh, to enjoy cigars. Just like you don't have to be elite to make money on doggy coin, as you call it. <laughs> <laughs> By wait, before you go on, before you go on, Eric, what what is your thought on my little rant? <laughs> what is your thought on my How much doggy coin? Do you on want? my little rant on doggy coin. I, I, I what do you think? Agree. Not so much because of the, the doggy coin part of it, although I do have other coins. I missed the boat on doggy coin. I, I saw it and I was like, ah, this is just silliness. And I didn't do it like an idiot. I should have. Uh, but the whole thing about the haters is real. It's it's so crazy. You know, I was talking to, to someone in the office the other day and I said, I think that if we would have started Cigar Snob today. And when you look at that first cover that that I sent you a, an image of earlier. We, we probably wouldn't have gone very far because the hate 
would have been so visceral because they looked so crappy early on <laughs> that I don't know that I would have had like the energy to continue producing that thing, you know, because it was it was rough. So the the hater thing is real and, and it drives me nuts. And I, you know, I, I tell my kids all the time, like, listen, even if it's ugly, just get it done. Like if you finish a project that you set out to do, get it done, even if it's ugly. Just do it and put it out there and let the world decide. Someone, it's going to resonate with someone. You don't. Ha it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, Eric, I got to tell you, I've recently gone back and a couple years ago, me and Jordan went back through the Cigar Dojo articles that we've done way, way back because we were kind of like trying to, you know, scrape some of them away because they weren't. They were so bad, you know. They were they were so bad. I can I can remember a few of the reviews that we had done early on, and the photography was just like with our phone, you know. We were uh, we we were doing like super short, uh, you know, like reviews of cigars that were only like two paragraphs long. And that was sort of that was actually our niche. It, it, that was our idea, like these super short reviews. But they yeah, were get it. they were, right. They're just getting. They were so bad, and so like you're right. You're so right about just going for it and and evolving it. You'd never have been able to it. evolve if you hadn't have started. Right, there. you got to start somewhere, right? Like and also our show, that pleasure show as well. You guys should go back and no, and don't please. <laughs> the, they are so bad. For the love of God, do not go. Do not go back they're, and look at our, our show. But it's funny too because <laughs> now maybe not so much. This doesn't apply quite as much for you, but. The technology has changed so much for us as far as like podcasts and stuff. In the print world, it's changed somewhat, but not as dramatically, maybe as in like uh, the change for us is like um, we can now do press check in a day, mm. whereas before it would take two days. That's really the, and that's mm. because now these you know these printers, uh, you know, can print multi-sided uh, super fast and and uh, and at very high quality. So. But that's it. Like in terms of print, there's not a lot more technology, right? Now, uh, now putting out right, putting out a magazine is a is a as a major endeavor. When you decided, hey, this is where I want to go. I'm not happy with the space. I feel like there's room for an, a, an, another magazine, maybe a better magazine. And you 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 started to you know pursue this idea. You know what what was your family saying to you? Were they, did they think you were nuts? Well, thankfully, my wife is incredibly supportive uh, of any wacky idea that I come up with. And this isn't the only one. I've had many. Uh, and so, yeah, she, she thought it was wacky, but she knew I loved cigars and she knew uh, that I could, I could produce something worthwhile. And I still had the IT in my back pocket, right? I could, I could always go back to database work. Uh, that, that, the space that I was in, which is business intelligence, it wasn't that big yet. Like there wasn't, a, there weren't a lot of people that knew that, especially not in the investment banking world. So, so I had that to fall back on. You know, if things didn't work out, I could always go right back. So it was, it was a, it was a safe jump, right? Not, not that it was easy, not, not any of that. It's been, a, it's been a tremendous pain in the ass. <laughs> Every single issue is like having a baby. I'm not. Like, it's, you know, that that two month in between the issue, you're, you're now coming up with a new baby every single time. So, so it's a pain, but, uh, but yeah, thankfully she's incredibly supportive, uh, and like has blind faith. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
All right, let's Well, and then the photo shoots, right? Once you tell her, hey, yeah, I'm launching a magazine, and we're photographing incredibly hot chicks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she's very understanding. Let's talk uh, a, a bit, a minute, about the name, Cigar Snob. Uh, is this a an ironic name? Why, how, did, yeah. how and why did you come up with the, the name Cigar Snob? What does it mean to you? So, well, first off, Jose Oliva gets credit uh, for naming it. Uh, you know, I told him we're, we're dear friends. We've been friends since before the cigar business. And, uh, and so I told him, look, man, I'm thinking of, of launching this magazine. I don't like any of the magazines out there. I think, uh, they, they're missing the mark with everything I said before. And, uh, and so he said, you know what, the guys that, cause he was out on the road traveling and, uh, and visiting accounts. And he said, the guys, when I meet on the road, they call themselves cigar snobs. And I was like, Say no more. I love the name because it, <laughs> for me, it worked perfectly, right? It, it, it encapsulates everything that I wanted to say. I, I want us to be snobby about cigars and nothing else. And then at the same time, I can take a jab at this whole snobby mentality. Hey, look at Terrence jumping in there again. Thank <laughs> you, brother. Thank you. Didn't you go to high school with Terrence's wife? I did. I did. Ivan and I actually did. Ivan, who produces the photo shoots. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So cigar snob, it's 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 not so much ir- irony as it is the fact that you're just making a play on hey, we we are snobby about the, the cigars that we like, but not necessarily the watch that we wear or the yacht that we drive or you know tool Correct. around that kind of thing. Correct. Yeah, and it's really more about the way you are, right? We're just that's not how we are. We're not I'm not wired that way, right? Uh, I I'm kind of allergic to that douchebaggery of of you know showing off whatever you have and uh, I'm just not into that. That's not my thing. I'd rather I'd rather you be a a, do- a doggy coin gazillionaire. <laughs> and, and I don't even know about it. You know, and we can hang out and just be friends, even though I'm a mere you know uh, pawn in your world. I think one of the cool things about the magazine, and we're gonna pretty soon we're gonna show some of the evolution of the covers of the magazine. <laughs> but I think one of the things that I like so much about Cigar Snob Magazine is, to me, it feels more like it's actually created for cigar smokers. Now, when I say that, everybody's going to say, well, duh, like, isn't every cigar magazine created that way? But I don't sort of feel like that way. It sort of feels like some of the, like, you know, I'm I'm sure everybody kind of could guess maybe the one I'm talking about, but it almost just feels like the articles in certain magazines, they could be in any any magazine, you know, they're yep. just sort of like this, you know, hey, here's the here's this cool new car, this cool new yacht or whatever. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, anything to cigar smokers per se. It's like, hey, let's just throw this article in this magazine and it just happens to have a cigar name on it. Cigar Snob, to me, is cigar centric. And you guys really stay within the space that us as, you know, hobbyists in this lifestyle uh, you know, like so much, you've been able to really, you know, kind of maintain a nice uh, uh, sort of a space for us. When we get the magazine, we know that it's really geared towards towards me. I really appreciate that uh, because we, that's like, I, I'm a pain in the ass about that. And, you know, all the writers that we've had, uh, it's always, they come up, they always pitch ideas uh, and, and like, okay, where does the cigar fit into that? Mm. 
They're like, no, no, I just, I, you know, uh, it, it's a great story about X, Y, Z. You're like, mm. it's, it doesn't. It, I mean, the cigar has to be front and center and everything. So, for example, travel stories, right? Every travel story has to have, if you're going to visit the, you know, I don't know, the Ronald Reagan Library, uh, here's a cigar shop that's nearby. Or if you're, you know, like, it has to, it, everything has to begin and end with the cigar. So... Uh, it, it's something that's difficult to do because then the magazine can can start to feel a little bit almost like template like a like templated right uh, and so we struggle with that and, and, and we work hard at, at, at switching it up so that it doesn't feel that way but it can it can easily feel like you're just like filling a template every time because you know there's always a perfect pairing and there's always a you know brand breakdown and the travel story goes XYZ cigar XYZ cigar you know uh, but we really, we really work hard at at uh, at keeping the cigar front and center because I agree with you. I mean that that's that was the whole idea of the magazine, and that's why we started it. It was because the other magazines didn't do that. So if we lose that, I think we lose our our fan base. Right. You know? All right. So, so I, let's let's do this. Let's get right into some of these uh, covers. Uh, I'm gonna I've picked out I think eight or so, and I'll just sort of have you comment. On these, and I think that when we show these to the to the viewers, you'll be able to see the you know the evolution of the magazine a little bit, and we'll be able to talk through some of some of you know how and why this is such an appealing you know publication. All right, Jordan, let's start with the very very first one. Now, the thing that you're going to notice right off the bat with this first one is on the cover there is. Uh, uh, obviously, a different logo, but that isn't the first thing you notice. The first thing you notice is there is no model on this cover. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a rough one. You, know, <laughs> you got to start somewhere, brother. You got to start somewhere, and it took us, believe it or not, as crappy as that looks, <laughs> it took us almost a year to produce that magazine between you know landing advertisers and understanding everything and scrapping the whole thing and starting brand new. Uh, but you know, like I said, had we started that today, you know, everyone would have laughed and, and no one would have advertised in it. Right. Right. But uh, luckily, you know, we had uh, we actually grew in advertisers from issue one to two. There was there were people who were excited that there was another magazine, another option, uh, not necessarily because it was a great magazine. But but because there was there was something else there, another medium to to advertise. And back then, there, there weren't that many options. Right. When we started, you had. You had Aficionado, you had Smoke, you had uh, Cigar Magazine, which was Lou Rockman's magazine. Uh, and you had another couple small ones. Uh, and so we were just uh, another player, and we started off very local. We The idea was, let's let's just walk, you know, or, or crawl, uh, or drag ourselves along the floor before we, <laughs> before we crawl. Uh and so we decided to like keep it very local, and so we covered local events, and, and we just we kept it uber local. Now, and, at at some point, Eric, I think it was episode edition three or so, uh, and Jordan, you can show the next image now. Now, this is not the first, this is not the first cover that had a model on it because we couldn't find that one, but it, this is one of the very very early ones that had the model on it. What was? What was the uh, you know the the talk in the the production room about moving to the style of having a a model on the cover? So issue one was those those three cigars in the snifter. Issue two was Arturo Sandoval, which we thought, all right, we've got 
Ventura Sandoval are a shitty little magazine, and we've got like the world's best trumpet player. This is definitely going to do something. <laughs> 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 like you heard crickets all throughout the cigar world. Um... And, and uh, so then we, we did the first, uh, that, that wasn't it, but we did the first fashion shoot, uh, if it can be called that. That one was also rough. But uh, but it worked. Uh, that one started to resonate, and then that was like issue three, which is the first model. That took a big jump, and then we increased the budgets in the photo shoots, and we got to that one, which I think is like issue five or six. I can't remember. Um, and so we got to that one. That one had a little bit more budget, uh, maybe too much makeup. All right, George, show the next show the model. The photographer we we hired a a much more established guy. Uh, we only worked with them once because we didn't love it, but... Show the next one, Jordan. This is... Now, the reason I showed this one is this sort of starts to look... It, it's beginning to look a little bit more like what we're used to today. Uh, and now, at, at this point, it's still called South Florida Cigar yeah. Shop. Yeah, this is right before we make the jump. So, uh, we started we started seeing that we're getting subscribers... Uh, from outside of South Florida. So we started to get subscribers from Tampa and Jacksonville and then some in Georgia, uh, people that had somehow come across them. And uh, and so then we decided to drop the name. By the way, someone on the message board there asked, where do I subscribe? You can go to cigarsnob.com. Just to go. answer the question. feel bad we hadn't answered it while, while we've been oh, talking well, about it. We'll get to that. We, we'll, yeah. make sure, we'll make sure everybody knows at the end of the show. Uh, so, Jordan, show the next one real quick while he's ta- while he's explaining this because uh, the next one is now just Florida cigar snob. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So then we we again now we're crawling and we're in you know now the entire state of Florida. So what we did with this one, which was interesting, was we uh, we would print the main magazine and then we'd have a different like insert mm. that would that would uh, that would go to the different markets. And, uh, and so that insert, we'd hire photographers at this time. We thought events and event coverage is, is the name of the game back mm. then. Okay. So now this next one's USA Cigar Snob. No, I'm just kidding. What, what events were you covering? Like local events? And that yeah, kind of? not regular in-store cigar events. Okay. So we would, we would pay a photographer and, uh, in, in each of the different markets, and then we'd cover their little three-in-one uh, you know, retailer-type events. Nothing major, but we'd cover those. And, uh, but, you know, the, those, those events were happening and no one was seeing anything from them. Right. So the, <clears throat> the manufacturer today with social media, you can automatically, I mean, instantly get extra, uh, extra branding from your events, right? Extra value out of your event. You do, if you're TJ's on here, so TJ does an event in, in, uh, wherever, Omaha, Nebraska. And he's posting pictures of the event. Now other people are hearing about it. and So he's getting more value out of the event uh, than, than if he just did the event and left. Now, you still, uh, you still do some of that coverage at the back of every issue still to this day. We do. We do. Because we find that people love to see themselves in pictures. It's just they love to see themselves in a magazine. And it, there's still that excitement. Like, oh, there I am. I'm in it. You know? <laughs> right. We've been in a couple of I've those. I've been in a few of those. Yeah. Jordan, go, go back. Jordan, go put that last one back oh. up. That last one, now this one is the first one that I could find that doesn't have, now her head's kind of in the way, but it doesn't have the Florida or South Florida thing. It's just a cigar snob. So at some point, that 
uh, designation we, of Florida was removed. Yeah, we went national and and we changed the size. So as you can see, it's wider now. So so we changed the size to that tabloid format, and that was a big jump for us. When we went to that bigger size, the you know the revenue instantly jumped. Like people were like, oh wait, this is for real now. Like oh, okay. now it's a big magazine, big glossy magazine, and uh, and so that that's where we were at that at that point, and we were. All over the country, the thing that we did was we wanted to make sure that any cigar store that you walked into anywhere in the country, you would find the magazine. So we sent every retailer that would take it uh, multiple issues. Like I think it's like three issues. And we still do that today. All right, so here we go now, Eric. Now we're getting into uh, this is the modernized logo, it looks like. Um, This looks, now you're sort of like hitting your stride with, with what the what the the magazine has currently evolved to at this point. Yep. Yeah, that's now we're we're in the modern era of uh, of cigar snob. Uh, I think that even even still, there's one more jump in quality, and that's in the production quality of the shoots. Uh, there's there's still another jump left that we haven't gotten to, but but this is already getting close to where um, you know where we are today. Right. You make sure these models are cigar enthusiasts. <laughs> no, but you know what? Believe it or not, there, there's there's a surprising number of them who do enjoy cigars, and that's because they smoke other things, so they're able to mm. uh, they're able to smoke a cigar and enjoy it. And then there's some who smoke cigars because their grandfather smoked cigars, so they they do that to smoke them with them, or their dad, or whatever. So we have plenty of that, believe it or not. As a matter of fact, there was one cover. Uh, it was January, I, I can't remember, January, I think like 2016, where the girl's like, sh- the smoke is coming out of her mouth perfectly. I mean, yeah, so we have had a few of those. Have you have you ever had models that were like, ah, I really don't want to, I really don't yeah. want, I really don't want to hold this cigar? Well, no, we asked that, we asked that during the casting. Right. Uh, which I know brings up thoughts of other things, but we ask them if they'll hold the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> we will you, do. Will you hold my cigar? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. All right, Jordan, show the uh, next one. Um, yeah. Now, here it is. This, To me, this is the most iconic yep. cover of all time for Cigar Snob Magazine. This is right when the FDA had uh, made their, uh, rec- or not recommendation, it was going to be a new regulation that yeah. uh, there was going to be warning labels on all the cigar boxes and and whatnot. So talk about this cover. This one, I think, is probably the most famous Cigar Snob cover of all time. No doubt about it. That is by far the most uh, the most popular. And the thing is that it was timely, right? So that that news had just come out. IPCPR was coming up. So this is the this is the issue that lands at IPCPR right after that FDA uh, deeming regulation. I think if I remember correctly, that's what it was called. Uh, that's when that comes out. And so we're like thinking through it. Ivan and I were like brainstorming. What are we going to do with this shoot? How do we? You know, how do we say that this FDA ruling blows? How do we do that? <laughs> right. And so uh, and I even just said the chick is naked and she's just covered by warning labels. You know, <laughs> That's incredible. That freaking genius. <laughs> it, was, it was genius. And so we shot her and she was amazing. Uh, Jenny Watwood, I think is her name. Just unreal girl. And she didn't know that she what she was in for. And we said, "Yeah, look, you're gonna be you're gonna be topless, but you're gonna." She's like, "Yep, yeah, let's do it." Wow! And the whole shoot that was maybe the most inexpensive shoot we've ever done. 
There was zero styling, so we didn't have to spend money on a stylist. And there was no location. It was all shot in studio. So it was the most inexpensive. But we also didn't uh, give it to any sponsor. So normally the photo shoots are sponsored by a cigar company. And uh, I think I sprained my thumb. Like, <laughs> good. Uh, so normally we do a, a different cigar company sponsors each shoot. And for that one, because it was such a hot topic, and we just we felt it'd be better, and it was so cheap. We felt it'd be better. Look, we'll we'll cover the cost of this one uh, to not get anyone any uh, any heat or or give someone you know preferential treatment over it or whatever. I don't know. How did the just, how did the industry how did the industry react to uh, uh, to that magazine? It was overwhelming. Everyone loved it. Every it was like high fives at IPCPR that year. We'd be walking by a booth and like, oh my god, and people coming out high-fiving us because they thought that was so clever but again all the credit of that goes to ivan it was it was his idea and i thought it was it was perfect all right now folks if you're watching along right now on facebook and you hit like on that last one uh wait till you see what we have next now a few a a couple years ago we did an article about cigars in the year 3000 eric and what it would be like in the year 3000 and one of the things that we predicted that would happen in the year 3000 with cigars is this next cover for Cigar Snob Magazine. Check it out. <laughs> now, if you don't like this, I mean, come on, people. You got to click like for one on this. I mean, this is incredible. It's fun and watching. I love it. Can, can, you, can you imagine this one hitting the shelves, Eric? No, thank, no, I can't. <laughs> nothing I can say to that. Nothing I can say. But I, I uh, love me. Yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Did you for- ever see the, uh, the ad that AJ Fernandez had? I get Terrence, my eyes are burning. Uh, so AJ Fernandez did an ad where they had uh, where they had this, I think his name is Anil. He was like a retailer or something. And they had him in like short shorts doing that same pose as Juan. Uh, and it's and and the ad said, you know, we choose not to spend our money on models, just on cigars. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's like fantastic. That All right, so we're it's gonna take. A, yeah, I'm sorry. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna talk to Eric about um, sort of the fine line that they have to walk between, you know, a tasteful high fashion and what might be considered, you know, dis tasteful we're also going to talk about some of his favorite memories trips interviews articles that kind of stuff and as well as how they prepare for doing their cigar of the year list which is a fantastic list uh i would say uh, next to cigar dojo it's the best uh but this show is sponsored by jr cigars one of the world's largest online cigar stores jr's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes plus a large selection of cigar accessories this year JR Cigar is celebrating their 50th anniversary. They'll be celebrating all year long with amazing promotions, contests, sweepstakes, and several limited edition projects with some of your favorite manufacturers. Join JR in celebrating 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite cigars today. This is episode 287 of Smoke Night Live. Uh, We are chatting with Cigar Snob's Eric Calvino. Cigar Snob, as you know, is, in my opinion, the premier publication for uh, the cigar hobbyist. It has a little bit of everything, and it doesn't have all of the things that you don't want. That's the best part of Cigar Snob. It takes away all of the stuff that you 
you don't care about and you that you don't want. has a bunch of ratings in every magazine. It really is a fantastic uh, publication. Eric, let's talk a little bit about um, the fine line that you guys walk between what is a tasteful photo shoot, uh, high fashion, between that and what maybe somebody might say is smut. Because I sort of feel like you guys don't push that limit. You don't, you don't get it off into... A, a category that's uncomfortable. It's you, you walk a, a fine line, you put it right up to that edge, but talk a little bit about how you sort of keep it there without going over the edge. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a really good question because it's, it's tricky. It's incredibly tricky. You want to be, you want to be sexy. You want guys to want to pick it up. You want guys to be excited about it and, and be happier having seen the girl than not. Right. <laughs> So, but you don't want to cross that line. So, the way that we that we manage that mostly is by is by hiring a, a high fashion crew, where we have to push them to be sexy. Uh, they don't, you know, their their idea is to show off the clothes and the shoes and the thing, and uh, and we're trying to get them to take clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, there'll be a shot, and it's like you know, beautiful shot with. Uh, amazing clothing and then you're like can you get her like just like pull the thing down a little bit you know? <laughs> this was just sort of not the answer i was expecting but i i, I like it i know right. but that's that's the only way to manage it is to have number one the, the models are all high fashion models and then uh and then the crew that produces the shoot with the exception of ivan and myself uh everyone else is in high fashion so so they're they're not used to doing that uh so that's one the other is the the girls. Sometimes we'll we'll you know we get we get feedback about how maybe the girls are too skinny sometimes, and so we we try to like, all right. So we'll go with a sexier, more voluptuous girl on the next one. Robust. But then we'll back. What was that? Robust. Robusto. Yeah, robust. Uh, and so, but yeah, the the girl is is a key component of that. Like, and as I'm saying this, we are booking a shoot as we speak, where the girl is one of those. You look at her, you're like, oh. God, yeah, that's not the skinny girls that we normally shoot. This is this one's got a body. So uh, next, <laughs> thing, uh, it'll be hard to keep it on the on the uh, high fashion look. Now, Eric, the, the I, body like that. I would imagine, and I believe me, I, this is so far out of my lane, right? I'm I'm just spitballing here, but it seems like it. You know, like almost anybody could theoretically come up with a magazine and get you know. Yeah models from their local strip club or something and you know they could it, it wouldn't have that sort of feel that you guys have cultivated as as keeping it within that high it's got to be you know i would think it would be easier just to just ah let's just get whatever you know and and just yeah. show more but i like the fact that you guys have you know kept it you know at sort of a classy level yeah it what what you would it's hard because you don't it's hard to put your finger on it when you're looking at the, at, the, at an issue and you're like, yeah, you, you could have done that. But the production value of everything that goes into it, uh, it, you can't tell what it is that makes that shoot not smut or, or not raunchy, but it's that high production value. You've got a location that's badass. You've got a photographer that doesn't shoot smut. So he shoots with a high fashion look. Uh, and then you've got the styling, it just—it's the value—it's the value of the entire production that that gives it that look that doesn't feel raunchy. 
Um, and so, but it is tricky, man. I mean, I, I won't lie. It's tricky as hell. We, we, uh, we straddle that line sometimes. Have, have you ever been, have you ever been sort of like accused of like, Hey, whoa, that one, that was going too far. Well, well, yeah, from the very beginning, when we did that very first, uh, cover with a model on it, I went to pitch, uh, pitch the magazine for, to a potential advertiser. And this is a guy who is known in the cigar business. Uh, all of you have known him. All of you smoke cigars from him. It's and, Terrence, uh, isn't it? <laughs> it's, <laughs> so Terrence was like, morph skin! <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, but anyway, so this guy, this, uh, this like, you know, venerable name in the cigar business, he tells me, man, you know, I, I, I love you guys. I love what you're doing, but... I can't support a magazine that has girls on the cover like that. That's not uh, That's not something that's going to work in the cigar business. I here. think I know who that is. I'm not going to say. I just, right. I, I just uh, after the show, can I guess okay. after the show? Sure. Okay. Uh, right. And so he, uh, he said that. He said, look, if you don't put girls on the cover, I will, I'll gladly advertise because I think everything else that you guys are doing is, uh, is good. So uh, I'm into it. But not the girls. If you if you keep up with the girls, I don't think you're going to last long in this business. And and I said, man, I'm I'm really sorry, but I think that if we if we do the magazine that you're talking about, we're going to end up as a carbon copy of of the other magazines that are out there, and that's not what we're trying to do. So, uh, you know, I'll respectfully, you know, leave your office and, and not try <laughs> again. And uh, and then years later. Years later, that same guy, we were at a at a trade show in Germany, and he said uh, at Inter Tobac, and he goes, "You remember that day that I told you that stupidity? <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry that I ever said anything like that. That was the dumbest thing I could have ever said. Oh you wow! Know, love what you guys have done. So yeah, it was uh, it was fun to hear that from him. He says the story, so it, I'm not speaking out of term. All right, so let's talk a little bit about I've I've got so many memories of Cigar Dojo. We're almost we're we're coming up on ten years next year, and Big man. and one of my great memories actually, Eric, is with you in the Dominican Republic. We had such a a great time on the Davidoff tour together, and me and you kind of like we're bouncing around together. I I'm still a little annoyed with you that you left halfway through the trip because the the second half of the trip got got into some sort of really fun debauchery but it talk a little bit about some of your favorite times some of maybe your favorite articles favorite interviews favorite guys that you've got to deal with places locations uh just just sort of you know reminisce a little bit about the time sure. you've spent in this industry sure I, I think one of the fun like uh early interviews was when we interviewed pepin garcia in little havana he was not known uh he had uh just they had just uh they had just really started to advertise and and i go to meet with him and and do this interview and he's in a tank top uh and like dickies in uh in the, <laughs> the, of the of the factory and he's eating a sandwich and he's like man i'm sorry you know i know that we have this interview but i have to eat because i'm diabetic you know and uh, this and that and i was like yeah no problem so i sat with him as he ate the sandwich you know, in the in the back of the factory and just talk shit with this guy. I just met him. He wasn't the, the star that, that, you know, he later turned out to be. Uh, but those are fun, right? The uh, Another fun one is is uh, me and Jose Oliva sitting in his backyard and we're smoking cigars and we're like, uh, 
we're in our early 20s and, and we think that we we know everything about cigars at this point and his dad don Gilberto oliva senior is sitting in the corner of the backyard and we're in like we're just us two hanging out talking shit smoking cigars and we're talking about in spanish how you know cigars are you know they're not that strong and and uh, you know the companies need to really make stronger cigars and all this bullshit and and the old man is sitting in the corner back there and he's like so what you guys are saying is that the cigars are not strong enough. Okay. <laughs> and I something, and I said, yeah, well, of course, that'd be awesome. You know, I'd love to smoke. I'll bring you something from my stash. And so Jose looks at me, and he's like, this is not going to be good. <laughs> this is a bad idea. The old man smokes really strong cigars. I'm like, dude, we're going to be fine, you know, whatever. And so sure enough, old man brings the cigars. We start smoking them. And we're we're continue we continue on with our conversation and halfway through the cigar I'm just like <laughs> yeah it's awful like I I'm like holy shit and he looks over and he just like chuckles he doesn't even like say uh huh you like him strong no, he he just looks over and chuckles and I'm like dude this is bad and Jose's mom is in the kitchen behind us and she's looking at me like wavering in my chair you know like. And she comes out and she goes, here, drink this Coke, you know? And I said, no, uh, you know, why coming? I don't, you know, I, I don't drink Coke, you know, because they know me for a long time. Said, you know, I don't drink Coke. She's like, son, today you're going to drink Coke. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so, so, yeah, those, those are those are some some fun moments from, from back in those early days. What about trips? Uh, any, any uh, you know, trips that you've taken, whether it's be a, whether it be a photo shoot or... Or maybe just some sort of cigar tours, that kind of stuff. That well, the funny photo. I mean, all the shoots are adventures. Every single one of them is is an adventure. But one of the funny ones was we went to to do a shoot in Cabo San Lucas, and I don't, if you've ever been there, the shoot the shot you want to get is obviously the arches, right? The big the the arch. Then the other shot you want to get is in that uh, what they call Lovers Beach. And Lover's Beach is a protected beach, so you can't come up up to the beach with a boat and, and then unload your equipment, right? So we need all of this equipment to shoot, and the boat has to come up to the beach. He has to gun it when the wave is coming in, and then hold it there, and, as the wave, and then you unload as much as you can onto the water, and someone's going to carry it and take it to the sand, right? And it's like this whole, <laughs> have a bunch of equipment and a bunch of clothes. We're going to shoot all day in this place. So we're just unloading equipment and the boat is coming up and then we're dumping stuff, right? And so as we're doing that, there are guys on the shore who are carrying our bags and taking them up beyond what they think is the wave line, right? Uh... And so they're supposed to take it all the way up, but they're just, we're unloading too much stuff. So they, they load it up and they leave one bag right in the in the crest of the wave and they don't know <laughs> that it's coming and it comes... And as we're unloading shit, it takes one of the bags. The wave comes and takes a bag with it to the middle of the Sea of Cortez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and so that bag was the only bag that was not a like a Halliburton or a Pelican case, right? So that one's not waterproof. Oh. Uh... And it has a bunch of cameras. They're backup cameras, but they're still thousands of dollars in equipment. Oh, and so the photographer dives off the boat, swimming. <laughs> this guy is deathly afraid of sharks. And the Sea of Cortez is got some sharks. 
and he's freaking out and he's trying to pull the bag and the waves are pulling him out and then more Mexicans are jumping in the water to save the photographer. It, it was a shit show. And like everyone on the beach is like watching watching our fiasco as, as we try to save this bag. And when we finally bring it back that we unzip it, it is completely covered in water. Everything is covered in salt water. So yeah, it was uh, it was a shit show, but uh, but that that was a funny one. Like in the moment where you're seeing that shit, it's like it's happening in slow motion, and you're like, <laughs> I would I would pay any amount of money to have been there. I mean, oh, that sounds awesome. incredible. Hey, one of the things Eric that we sort of pride ourselves on with the dojo is our cigar of the year list, and I'm s- sort of known as being highly critical of cigar of the year lists in general, and and we. But- and we, uh, we tailor our cigar list to be a certain way. We work super hard on it. And so I'm really curious as to how you guys approach your Cigar of the Year list because I appreciate your guys' list greatly. I think it's done very, very well. But, you know, there's so many criticisms of Cigar of the Year lists. Oh, it's just your advertisers that get the that, that, that. Oh, you know all the criticisms. Yep. Uh, you know, one of my big criticisms is, uh, you know, why are so many cigars that aren't, you know, recently released? <laughs> you know, our cigar of the year list is, you know, the the ones from the year, the, that year, you know, 2020, uh, in that kind of thing. But how do you guys approach your cigar of the year list, and when does that process really start in earnest? I mean, obviously it starts all year long because you're smoking cigars, but when in earnest do you guys start it and how do you approach it? How many people are involved in the picks and that kind of thing? All right, so first, your list, you only use cigars that were released that year? Yeah, that's correct. So only released that year. So an old line like Puente Añejo would not be a candidate. No, it's it's just like the Academy Awards. It's the you know the it's best movie of the year. Here. Otherwise, we know what are we gonna do? Like it's gonna be gone with the wind every year for thirty-five years straight, right? So, anyway. So, well, so the so we have the same idea, right? So we go, we can't have the same five cigars over and over and over, and in the top five. So, what we do is we have a kicker for, so we we wait. Uh, if the cigar was released in that year, we it has a higher weighting to its rating. Mm. So that way. Uh, newer cigars have uh, a better chance. The, yeah, they climb up the list higher. Potentially, they have a higher potential score than uh, than a cigar that that has been around for a while. Having said that, sometimes, some years, no matter what you do, uh, there's a, an old tried and true that comes up up to the top, and it can't be beat. Gone with the Wind is a terrible movie. <laughs> shut up, shut up, Terrence. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear from you. Terrence so, is a movie snob. <laughs> Movie stuff. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we have we have five panelists. Okay. And uh, and so throughout the year we're we're smoking blind as as uh, do you guys do you guys do your tastings blind? No, we do not. But em, okay. but Emmett is here and he does all of his tastings blind. So so we appre- we, we, we appreciate both of those uh, approaches. Yeah, I think that. And look, we're doing blind tastings uh, on the podcast with uh, with bourbons and and rice and shit like that. Man, you'd be amazed. Yeah, you'd be amazed how different it is when you don't see the label. Right. Uh, in fact, we were we were just tasting uh, in last last week's episode. We were tasting bourbons, and and the one we liked the least in this tasting, they were uh, just ninety proof bourbons. Uh, the one we liked the least was Buffalo Trace. 
Hmm. And we were like, what? How can, how can I? Like, I thought I loved Buffalo Trace. <laughs> right. And it turns out I don't like it as much as, as some of the others that, uh, that, that were in there. But anyway, so blind tasting uh, for us is a, is a big thing. The other thing that we do, so I'm, I'm giving you kind of the background info before we get to the top 25. In our ratings, we rate or we taste everything that's kind of in the same size and the same strength intensity level and the same wrapper color, more or less, right? Okay. So you're tasting full-bodied uh, Maduro Toros all together. So you don't you don't get to go off and and take a break and smoke a uh, a Connecticut Churchill in between these, and so when you do that, it gives you a a really uh, specific like frame of reference of where each cigar lands, right? Right. Sometimes you'll 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 have a you'll have something where you give a cigar an eight on flavor or a nine on flavor, let's say, and then something in the in something else in the bag uh for that group is so much higher that you're like holy shit this isn't even a nine right it so so it gives you a a a reference point so that that's one thing that's how we do them and they show up that way on the page and that's why on the page it seldom goes below like 88 87 because if it was lower than that it, it never even made it to the page because we'll take we won't just taste the six that appear on the page, we'll taste eight or nine. So so anyway, that's how we do the ratings throughout the year. And then anything that's a candidate ninety one and above, then gets retasted for uh, for top twenty five, and we eliminate limited editions. Mm-hmm. So if if you can't get it, uh, right. so let's say you know it, like for example, uh, not like rare leaf. I know Terrence is on here. Rare Leaf is a continuously available uh, limited, so that's that's a candidate. But if it's a one-time release that's only going to come out once and that's it and they're done, that's not a candidate for our top 25, which yeah. is sad because some of the, that's sometimes the best cigar of that year is that. So we do a separate little section where we talk about limiteds that we love. Right, yeah, that's that's exactly what we do because we always thought, Eric, like when we got into this, because I was, you know, doing the, I was, I, as a cigar guy, I was getting these lists, you know, and I would want to go buy these cigars. And so if the cigars were something that weren't available to me, that it made the list so much less valuable. So that's, that's a cool thing that you guys do that, that we also do as well. It has to be something that you have a fairly good chance of either A, walking into your brick and mortar and picking up or B, you know, being able to order it online at least. Exactly. Yeah. You, you want the guy that you want in our world. We want our list to be actionable. Otherwise, what the, what the hell's the point? Right. If, if we're if we're just, you know, handing out accolades here, you want it's like, you know, seeing the, you know, the Oscar winning movie and you can't watch it. That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> exactly. Right. No. Yeah. You guys you guys do a fantastic job. Phenomenal. I would say, Jordan. Phenomenal. Oh. No, um, man. Bro, thank you. It, it's really, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it is. Uh, as, as you know, it, it's incredibly difficult when it gets down to that last, you know, that last five, and you're like, "Fuck, everything here, <laughs> awesome, right?" <laughs> for different reasons, yeah. and it, it's also hard for us because since we taste throughout the year, everything is the same, and then you move on to the next sort of profile, then everything is the same. Now in top twenty-five season, it's all fair game. Everything is in one giant bag, so everything is getting tasted mm. together. 
And then how often do you guys find that you have to retaste oh. in that in that top five? That la that great. last month is is usually here in Dojo Studios. It's there's a lot of arm wrestling that goes on, you know, and and uh, like you know, like I don't know, like this one, this one, da da da, da you know, like it's it's a little bit it's a little bit high price. Guys compared are giving to like that. full presentations, yeah, on like, like a PowerPoint. Yeah, you know? it's 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 a it's a, it's good. crazy, but uh, so I want to let everybody know how to a watch your podcast and all that. But before we do that, it's time for the weekly top three, Jordan. Whoa, weekly top three. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's weekly top three, and if you guys are watching on Facebook, I want you guys to chime in because, to me, this topic, this this is one of my topics that can get me really fired up, and I think it's gonna, <laughs> I think it's gonna get everybody fired up. Are we going doggy coin again? No, no, oh. no doggy okay. coin. This is the top three items that your mother would pack in your lunch when you were in elementary school. All right, the top three items that your mom would put in your lunch when you were going to elementary school. So let's start with Eric. Eric, give us uh, either, I don't care if you start with one or three, it doesn't really matter. Give us one of the things that, uh, that you would get in your lunch as a child that you just absolutely loved. So that I loved and was wacky. So, uh, so I was born in Cuba, right? So very, very Cuban household, even though... You know, when you get to this country, you start to assimilate and, and you start to eat, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and things like that. That didn't happen for a long time for us. <laughs> right. right. We were so fresh that uh, that I was taking to school in a thermos. Right. You remember those old thermos? Oh, yeah. Little, right. So I would take in a thermos uh, split pea and ham soup, which oh. is like Cuban style split pea and ham, which has chorizo in it and it has ham hocks. And it's like a very serious soup, but it's green, you know. Split pea is is ugly. It's green. <laughs> I find it to be absolutely delicious. I I, I can't get enough of that. I did and not. So, I did not see that one coming, Jordan. No. I did not see that coming. <laughs> I mean, it's not heard of this. Split pea and ham coming. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I I have a feeling that that would have been a hard one to like trade with the with the mm -hmm. fellas. You know, like hey man. You know, you know the thing is, man, my mom's cooking has always been so good. The last thing I ever wanted to do was trade. The last thing. <laughs> my mom is an unbelievable cook. And so split pea and ham, and yet yeah, no one wanted it. But I was like, you didn't, it up you didn't care, right? By the way, you have to have Cuban bread with it. Mm. You, so I would get the, the thermos and then in a little Ziploc, yeah, a piece it. of Cuban bread so that I could dip it in the soup. That's oh, legit. That sounds legit. Jo Jordan, what, what's awesome. your first one, Jordan? What would you say was one of yours? Well, I was homeschooled, so it's a little, little different. <laughs> I used to go in the fridge. No, I, the first, I was I went to public school for a few years, and I, I, uh, you know, I'd go. Uh, what are those little Debbie like? Um, they're like. Uh, That's my first one on my list, Jordan. That's a little Debbie Swiss cake roll. Swiss cake roll. Oh Get yeah. Now, Jordan, let me t let me ask you this. Did you eat them? Did you just eat it like this, or did you like take it apart? Take it apart. I tried to take, it, take apart, it apart, but that's I just like the all the co combination of ingredients. Just <laughs> I love little Debbie. I that that I love that. I that's would, a great move. I would unroll my Swiss cake roll. To, 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 you know why? <laughs> Mainly, Eric, so that I could extend the joy. And he he does that with his cigars too. No, you know, I don't. Before know. he just <laughs> that. It's weird. Roll them out. <laughs> all right, Eric. What's what's your number two on your weekly top well, three? So it's funny. Number two is is the Cuban version of a uh, 
you know, I would also have a, a sweet with with my uh, with my lunch, and usually that was a pastelito. So, are you guys familiar with the Cuban pastry, a, a guava pastry? No. I mean, I've, a, Eric Espinosa gives me Cuban pastries all the time. I, pro- I probably I have are. eaten them. I don't. But I'm not 100 percent sure what that is. Yeah. So guava, guava is a is a tropical fruit that is kind of tart and sour, but when they cook it down, they add sugar. And they make it into a, and it turns into a deliciously tart and and sweet uh, filling for a puff pastry, which a, a Cuban pastry is, is basically a puff pastry, and uh, and it's got this guava in the middle, and so that created a lot of jealousy. That everyone wanted to trade for. Aha! There we go. And whether now you're we're Cuban, Chinese, or Russian, <laughs> everybody loves guava pastry. Trade bait, baby. Trade bait. All right, Jordan. What's your what's your number two on your list? Do you have one? Uh, there was these things. I can't remember what they're called, but they were like it's like a yogurt, but on the top of the yogurt was the lid. In in the lid was a bunch of sprinkles, <laughs> and you'd open that lid up, and you all of a sudden you got sprinkles in your yogurt. Mm. Uh, yeah, you just aged yourself though, because we didn't have that. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. That's a '90s thing. Yeah. My, my my number two, Jordan, is uh, cream cheese and jelly sandwich. I don't know if anybody's had that a... That sounds awesome. No, it's incredible. A cream cheese and jelly sandwich. I, I think I had that, Eric. I think I had a cream cheese and jelly sandwich every day for seven oh. straight years. It seems That's like my... Lovely. It's amazing, right? It's like you get the cream, you get well, the jelly. Fantastic. Yeah, of course, it's a beautiful mix. Like the, the sourness of the of the cream cheese with the sweetness of the jelly. What kind of jelly are we talking? Are we, grape. Is it strawberry or what? Grape jelly. Grape jelly every single time. Wow. Yeah, grape jelly. Grape yeah. jelly. All right, Eric, that. what's your number three, a weekly top three, favorite things in your lunch as a child? Well, the, the Cuban sandwich is, uh, oh, it wouldn't be, it, it wasn't pressed, right? Because we didn't have a press at home, but, but the same sort of ingredients in a Cuban sandwich, the Swiss cheese, the pickles, the uh, ham, uh, and the, so the, the difference in a Cuban sandwich is it has that roasted Sliced roasted pork, which is fucking gold for a sandwich. If you ever, like, you can get that at your deli, and that you throw that on any sandwich, and it's a good time. Uh, on Cuban bread, man, you fucking golden. I like how all yours are like these awesome, like homemade. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> um, I'm telling you, my mom stayed at home and, and cooked for us all the time. And That's she was amazing. Hot. It seems like the pickle is sort of like the unheralded star of the Cuban sandwich. It is. It is. When you're a kid, you're not quite sure about it so you like what i would do is i would remove the pickle and but then you still have the the like the that flavor of the pickle in there but you didn't have to crunch it ah. i didn't love the, i didn't love crunching the pickle you didn't like the text no. you didn't like the texture of the pickle i didn't i didn't but she threw it in there and i would not complain because she was like i said she's like a hall of fame cook so i just <laughs> all right jordan what's, well, what's your number three i always i always just liked you know halloween time Every every lunch post Halloween was mm. loaded up with, with your candy, oh. and I just got into a little bit of trouble with my son the other day. That's not Halloween, but Easter. I hadn't thought about this. I, he came home and I opened his lunchbox back up, and there was like a note in there that was like, uh, "Just a reminder to all the parents, uh, you can't put peanut butter in the you know oh. in your lunch boxes." And I was like, "Is this is this at me or like is this to everybody?" I couldn't fi- for like a night or two. I was thinking like, "Well, I." Couldn't have been at me. I didn't put anything in there like that. And 
my, I finally talked to my wife, and she's like, well, what did you put in there? And I was like, I put some apples in there, some Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> she was like, I was like, oh. Yep, yep, yeah, that was right at me. <laughs> that Reese's peanut butter. That's that should have been the, the tell that there was peanut butter. And I was even like, Beck didn't even eat any of his Reese's peanut butter cups. What was up with that? <laughs> I couldn't put it together. My third one is the ding dong, but the the old school ones that were in foil. Remember the old school foil wrapped uh, ding dong? Oh, that was oh. those are incredible. Except for one time in my lunch. I had some like ice melt or something, and it, all of the water like seeped into the into the foil of the ding dong. <laughs> and when I opened it up, it was it was literally just mush. But anyways, uh, the old school ding dongs. What a fantastic uh, what a fantastic treat that was. Anyways, that's the weekly top three for this week. I'm glad I, I seen a whole bunch of people putting their uh, their picks up on Facebook. Appreciate that, you guys. Eric, what a fantastic conversation. But before we go. We got to let everybody know. A, how do they subscribe to the magazine? B, your podcast, which is fantastic. Tell everybody all the things that they need to know about you and Cigar Snob Magazine and the podcast. Thank you, man. Uh, and again, thank you a million times for having me on. This has been a blast. So, uh, and and Terrence was like, "Oh, you're going to be on it. You're going to love it." And and he was right. So, um, so how do you subscribe to Cigar Snob? CigarSnob.com. Go to cigarsnob.com slash subscribe or just click on the subscribe button and uh, and you can subscribe that way. You can also see it digitally on a website called Issue because Apple uh, has taken us down and we right. can't we can't have a cigar app. So um, so you can go to Issue, which is issuu.com slash cigarsnobmag and you'll find it there as well. Uh, what else? So the podcast is available on Apple Podcast. It's an audio only podcast, so it's it's meant for you to listen on the drive home or, or when you're chilling out, smoking a cigar in your backyard. It's not a video podcast. Uh, and that's just called the Cigar Snob Podcast. So you can also get it on Spotify or Google or, or wherever you get uh, podcasts. Uh, and then the social media is Cigar Snob Mag everywhere else. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Cigar Snob Mag. You can hit us up there. We love feedback. We love to hear from you guys. If you guys are fans, uh, if you guys hate the magazine, if you want to see Bigger models, thicker models. Someone earlier said thick, uh, robust models. Let us know. That's fine too. So, uh, you guys, do, then, you uh, guys do some uh, cool like unboxing videos every oh, week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That on Facebook we do uh, we do those unboxings, and then we also publish them on YouTube. But uh, yeah, that's basically that's the dumbest thing that we do, <laughs> and it's the thing I hear the most about. When I walk into a cigar store, people ask me, "Hey, where's your knife?" You know, because I use the knife to uh, the, my pocket knife to open the boxes. In fact, somebody recently sent us uh, knife sharpeners, and my sister <laughs> joked that it was because they see me struggling to open the boxes. So, uh, so we do that. That's on our YouTube channel, which is also Cigar Snob Mag. So, uh, yeah, man, again, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute blast, man. Oh, thank you. Wow, we, we really appreciate you taking the time on a Friday night. I got to say, guys, if there's only one magazine that you subscribe to, this is the one. And 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 whether you are interested in the models or not, don't don't let that be the determining factor. I mean, it might be the determining factor for you, but there's so much more to the magazine. It's very very uh, centric to what uh, dojo folks I think would really like. the The articles are very very in in the realm of what we're interested in. They have really great simple ratings every issue to. 
to check out. So please give it a shot. Uh, subscribe. Give it a year. See what you think. If you don't like it at the end of the year, you can stop subscribing. But I've been sub- a subscriber for years, and uh, that's the only it's the only magazine that I subscribe to. And we just can't thank Eric enough for taking the time on a Friday night to uh, join us on Smoke My Live. Thank you, brother. Thank you again for those kind words. I, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm, uh, beyond. I, lo- I love it, and uh, I can't thank you enough for that. And uh, yeah, if if you guys, it's 18 bucks for the year in terms of subscribing. Uh, but yeah, give it a shot or check it out in your local cigar shop and see if you like it. Uh, but again, thank you, thank you, thank Jordan, thank the uh, studio crew and everyone who uh, who's been online. So thank you guys for having me, man. All awesome. right, guys. Also, guys, yes. we are at, we are about to hit the 16k. Oh, likes. 16k likes on a Take show. Take that, Flavor Odyssey. Take that, Robbie and Randy. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, next Wednesday on our Flavor Odyssey podcast, hosted by the uh, famous Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs, uh, two of the coolest guys you'll ever meet, they will be pairing the LFD Double uh, Arrow with a Dr Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Jordan, this is the first time I think have we just done a No, we this did has ru- been, We guys did root have beer. Been demanding the ru- the Dr. Pepper pairing. We did root beer, but that was like a general root beer pairing. This is a specific brand. So that should be interesting. So grab an LFD Double Arrow. I just ordered some myself uh, for that show and get yourself some Dr. Pepper. We'll have some fun on Wednesday night. Eric, don't go away. I want to talk to you for one second after the show. In the meantime, it's Friday Night Herf, guys. Get on the Dojoverse. Check into your favorite cigar. Start earning your cigar belts and badges. Quinn is practically a black belt, aren't you, Quinn? You're black. You're, you're, what are you, red? What are you, red now? Fourth degree red. Fourth oh! degree red belt. Almost a black belt. If you see anybody on the Dojoverse that is even in the red belt category, you should just sort of like kind of bow to them because that's, <laughs> that's like serious level sort of stuff. By the way, Emmett and Jordan and Matt and us, we won the Dojo Hockey Championship. Yes! Cigar Dojo wins the championship in hockey this past Sunday, and we start again, Jordan, on Sunday. Right back A brand up, new league right back up again. It should be a ton of fun. But we're going to have some fun tonight on the dojoverse.com. Uh, check into your favorite cigars. Obviously, do your now playing. What are you listening to? What are you drinking? Uh, we're drinking this double oak from Emmett. Thank you very much, Emmett. Until next week, remember, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. We'll see you guys next Friday night.